Well, hello, good morning. Yes, we made it to morning. Morning. It's a Monday morning. It's a marketing Monday morning. We got the kids off to school. Yep. And we were going to have a guest this morning. Yes. But, but change plans. Yep. Something's we, gone amiss. Not sure what happened there. Yep. So we're now doing our normal marketing Monday for yes. the moment. And the guest will join us on another day. Yeah, so, we will read book. Yes. Yeah, so this is episode 62. So welcome to episode 62. Yep. So, go on then, what are we talking about today? Uh, so last um, Monday, I think it was Marketing Monday, we talked about um, whether you should have email as a marketing means because on a previous podcast of that, you had mentioned how you thought it was maybe old-fashioned and maybe not kind of relevant anymore, uh, yeah. which is actually what a lot of people do do think. So we, we kind of covered all that. Um, so I can't remember what the episode was called, do you? Um, yeah, should, should you have a marketing, uh, should you have an email list? Should you create an email list? Oh, really? Um, or should you use, use email marketing? But it was episode 55, I believe. Okay. Um, so Have a look through our episodes, and it's the one that's got the email in the title, yeah, and you'll find it. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it's 55, um, possibly 56. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I thought I'd kind of build on that and how to actually create an email marketing list if you've not got a list at all, which is actually the position that we're in with this particular business. So well, we're kind of in it with, we're kind of in it with all three of our businesses right now. So if you think about it with, um, or, our, or our activities, so with Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire, we have our forward booking diary for our franchisees for yeah. their hires and everything else. But historically, we've had an influx of new leads coming in every single day for the whole network. Yeah. And new and corporate com- corporates coming to us and saying, right, I want this and I want that from you every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all dried up for the it's, minute, just because of if, well, not all of it, but uh, what we the volume we're used to seeing yeah. because of the current lockdown in the UK yeah. that stops. So we have to kickstart that again. We do, but that does have everything in place. Yeah, it's just to turn it on again. Yeah, yeah, uh, which we will do as soon as kind of the confidence is back. Yeah, in, good old Boris Johnson <laughs> lets anybody do any trading. <laughs> For events. Um, so that's, so yes, I agree with you, it's pause, but I wouldn't say that we're kind of starting again with that one. No, not We've at got all. the foundations all there. Yeah, that's um, fair Say it, though. Say it, we're very much building email lists um, for that. It's not really relevant at the moment for our general customers for people that oh. want to use it as a as a gift yeah but like it is birthday very much, parties or stuff yeah, like that yeah that's... um but it is very much relevant for people um in business that would want to use it for testimonials yeah. or, um or like the care homes that we're working with for their residents so we're, yeah. we're building lists in that business and then for the smiling entrepreneurs podcast you know that mm. um we've only just kind of Although we've been doing the podcast for a couple of months, we've only just kind of really put the website together and thought about kind of creating more of a community on other channels like newsletter, like um, the uh, Facebook group and things like that. So that is a brand new one. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason why we're doing all this, guys, is because, um, well, funny enough, something happened this morning that kind of raised, that kind of got us talking about this quite a lot. And there was a, a basically a, a woman who'd started a company about a year ago, whenever it was, eighteen months, eighteen months ago, and they built that, and and they were basically putting out some press releases and that to say that they'd taken that business from zero to three point five million turnover and fifty seven staff, I think it was, mm-hmm. within eight within the eighteen months, and and 
like, when you look at that, you think, oh my God, I can't even, like if you're starting out in business or you've got a small business, for example, you may never have hit a million, let mm. alone three and a half million in the whole time that you've been running your company. And you might be sat there thinking, well, how the hell does somebody like that go from zero to, to those kind of numbers? And the reality is you don't, you don't start from a good, like the starting line is not the same for everyone. No. And, and I think that's the mistake a lot of, a lot of people make when they see success stories, they assume that there's, that, that success was started in the same manner, but your success might be. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. If you've got a list or you've got a network or, or, or you've cultivated a group of fans, that are um, that are willing to participate in your next activity, whatever that is, then you've got your starting line is way farther down yeah. the line than the other poor soul that's got who's having to start from a zero list yeah. from a zero fan base. And I think I said that didn't I on, on another podcast because um, a podcast episode because I can't remember who it was now, but they were saying that oh they. It, you know, 2020 had been terrible for them because they lost this amount of revenue or something. Right. But like that was like a drop in the ocean compared to what their revenue is. If yes. you see what I mean. And it's like, well, it's it's very difficult, uh, different for people to put themselves um, in the position as uh, as a new starter. And and I, I saw it again on um, another lady uh, who's uh, got a eight figure business and. Um, and she was posting a few weeks back saying, I'm starting again, this is my brand new business, because um, she, she'd gone up down a little bit of a different tangent, but it was very similar to what she does already, and, and she was going, so you watch me how I build from nothing, and it's like, you've already got this really engaged audience, you're not building from nothing, yeah. um, and it's yeah. frustrating when people do that, because I think it misleads people that genuinely are starting from nothing. Yeah, well... <laughs> Not deliberately. Yeah, I don't think it's a case of misleading. I think it's it's naivety on the part of the people watching and reading. And we've just saying we've been those people, right? Yeah. We've 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 done. In fact, you had an immediate emotional response, yeah. like when we were talking about it, to that woman that had gone from zero yeah. to your immediate response was, well, how the hell has she done that? Yeah, and we'll, why are we not suck. doing something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah, it's like, but. Because you're only human, mm. you're gonna have. That's that imposter syndrome kicking in. Exactly, yeah. but the the reality is, you you have to be wiser than that and smarter than that, and look at it and go, really, seriously, yeah. are you really starting from zero with these things? And and network like creating a fan base and creating a network and um, and creating lists, which mm. you're about to go into in a minute. Ah, uh, that's like. Lists in themselves are, are, are in small business are not taken seriously enough mm. a lot of the time. They're just a thing to have. But they're, they're a really core, core asset in your business because that's your fan base. That's your engaged community that are saying, yeah, I'm prepared to listen to what you say and I'm prepared to read what you send me. And yeah, I might buy from you in the future. If I don't buy from you... I'm certainly probably going to talk about you to somebody else yeah. and they are your own that is your own PR that's yeah. your own the lot really and and we so much of us in small business get very frustrated because we're not necessarily where we want to be but who is it that said about the thousand raving fans what was it um oh, I always forget who that is was it is it, it Tim Ferriss no 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 it's older than that 
I think it, it doesn't it originate with, with does it originate with Carnegie or something like that? Carnegie? I don't know. Don't know. But anyway, somebody basically once said that. Um, again, I'm murdering what they're saying, but someone once said that the all you really ever need is a thousand fans. Like yeah. this concept of having hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands, millions of people and everything else. Really, all you need is to cultivate a thousand fans and you're done. Like, Mm. everything else takes care of itself. And Well, there's a podcast episode um, on my saved ones that I'm going to be listening to where I kind of see things and think, oh, I'll listen to that when I get a chance. And and it's somebody that earned 300,000 from a list of 200. Yeah. So I don't know how they've done that because I haven't listened to it yet, but it's clearly possible. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And I think it's... The thing is, it's you can only be so many things to so many people anyway. At the end of the day, and if you're going out there with a, with a with the strong view that you want to add real tangible value to somebody via service or product, then um, it's very difficult to do on mass scale. Yeah, it's a lot easier to do with two hundred people or a thousand people. But for most business owners, was to be really honest, certainly in micro and small business. If most of the time, really honest with ourselves, 200 really great fans, most small businesses don't have. Mm. You know, they haven't cultivated that and grow, and, and worked on that very well. Yeah. You know, it's they've had previous customers and everything else, but they've not necessarily kept them engaged yeah. and, and done it using some of the strategies that we talked in previous episodes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you've said that email is, or, or having that engagement is really powerful. So particularly with email because as we we spoke about on on the episode a week ago um it's that single distribution channel where you're kind of have got that one-to-one communication with your customer so you know yesterday we talked about or day before yesterday we talked about facebook groups Mm. there you're obviously kind of shouting one to many and although that's a great place to get kind of get interaction with your customers and feedback Email is much more of a kind of personal one-to-one connection. It's also where people are already expecting to do business. Yeah. So if you ask them for, um, you know, if you give them an offer or you ask them for a sale, it, they're not adverse to it because they're kind of expecting that in that medium. Yeah. Whereas when they're on Facebook or something, it's more kind of their downtime, they're having fun, they're, you know, flicking through memes or whatever, and that's not necessarily going to catch their attention the same way as it would with an email. Yeah, and I think that's a mistake... Um people overlook what what platforms are there to do a lot of the time so social media there's a reason why it's called social media right yeah. it's it's because the it's a social it's supposed to be a relaxed social environment and the analogy we've used in the past is things like facebook instagram and places like that are a, a, akin to a party or a family gathering where everyone's just chilling yeah. out right so you wouldn't necessarily in that environment get your business card out and hand it to somebody and say, use my services for X, Y, Z. You might on very rare occasions, but it won't necessarily, it'll land a lot flatter in that environment um, than if you, if you were using things that uh, are story-based, anecdotal and interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what social media is about. So when you buy stuff, you tend to go to Google or email yeah like that when you when you're and it's we will we've all become very accustomed to receiving emails from amazon and on yeah. all of these platforms that are effectively the confirming subscriptions confirming purchases yeah. or requesting us to buy some more stuff it's, well, if, it's become more of that than ever yeah if you go back to that party analogy you might 
meet somebody at a party and you've you've kind of struck up a, an interesting conversation between the two of you and it, it might kind of turn to business yeah. to which you'd say oh I'll give you a call about that or something and mm. it it would be afterwards with the phone call that you would then obviously try and make a sale or whatever it is that you do yeah it wouldn't be there and then no and that's the difference with Facebook and oh sorry or social media in general and email social media is kind of the to to talk about it, it loosely it's a discovery place yeah it's to, yeah. to generate interest whereas email is where the kind of nitty-gritty happens and the yeah. and, and the actual sales and that kind of thing yeah google is like google is a great like kind of shop front is mm. where i see google yeah. and an email is is the communication yeah access for the shop front yeah that's yeah. that's how that's when you you're dealing with something a bit more serious i yeah. think yeah. yeah exactly so um email um has Sorry, I was just going to say one other thing. Okay. <laughs> Didn't have a random spasm then for anybody just watching the video. Um, <laughs> that was a bit weird, wasn't it? <laughs> um, might have to edit that out. Um, no, the, the other thing is what we talked about, uh, not yesterday, because yesterday's podcast was about homeschooling. The day before, mm. we covered off the things about, you gave that really shocking statistic about... Um, Facebook's how much of the content it shares. Why are you looking at me? That <laughs> because really? you didn't need to stop me because that's what I was about to say. Oh, were you? <laughs> yes. We've been married a long time. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to shut up and let you just do that and so, not do any more weird <laughs> spasms on the camera. So all I was going to say was that open rate in email is between 20 to 30%. That's that's an average and, and good open rate, whereas as you're, you were just saying... On, on Facebook and lots of other platforms, the percentage of people that will will click through, or as you were about to say, let alone even see it, is tiny. It, it's like it's not. It's one percent like, yeah, like or less a lot of the time. Well, one percent's good. Yeah. <laughs> like what you were saying. So one of the stats that Kate pulled up um, was uh, if you if you haven't listened to the previous episode or seen any of this stuff, is that. Uh, if you've got an audience of 10,000 or less uh, that like or follow your Facebook page, then um, Facebook will only show it to 0.5% of that total audience, mm-hmm. like whatever your post is. And then if it's uh, an audience that's 100,000 um, or more, it shows it to 0.1%. Yeah. So whereas an email, I know we did talk about like open rates on our email yeah. one, but it's so much, I can't think of another platform another way that no. gives that kind of engagement yeah that kind of yeah and also conversions it, mm. there's a lot higher conversion rate in emails as well like yeah. of the the opens that the conversion is quite high as well so um let's jump into how you would actually build obviously your email list and um this is mainly for those that are, are quite new to this so um don't have much of a, an email list already or have nothing at all so um first one is opt-in forms so you may already have these on your website or you may have seen them on other websites is just the contact details um, where people can you know join to put their contact details in to subscribe um, so you really like on your blog you're going to want that on the right hand side of, of all your blog articles um, because it's almost become a place where people look for it so mm-hmm. if, if you go on a website and people have moved their menu from the top they've tried to do something like funky down the side or whatever it feels a bit odd and, and that's the same with like the opt-ins. People are expecting an opt-in box there yeah. on the right. It's, it's such kind of commonplace. Um, next one is uh, in the footer. So again, on a lot of pages, you'll have that kind of 
box at the bottom, like want to find out more, join the, the newsletter. Um, and then the last one that's um, useful is pop-ups. So lots of people <coughs> got um, quite uppity about pop-ups over the last few years, like, oh, people don't like them and they annoy people. And absolutely, if you've got something where there's pop-ups... Yeah, there's levels. There's, yeah. yeah, there's convenience and then there's annoyance. Yeah, exactly. But using one or two on your site at strategic moments um, is brilliant. I was actually on a blog article earlier and it was quite a long article and about halfway through, a little pop-up came up in the corner. So it wasn't even covering the content I was reading, but I did notice it and it just said some, something along the lines of, you're obviously enjoying our content, so it picked up that I was there still. Yeah. Um, if you'd like like to be notified of the latest articles, put your email address in here, which I thought was really smart. Mm. So um, yeah, so using opt-in um, boxes is the first and easiest way to obviously start. Yeah, making them list. prominent and yeah, and that's that's one of the things that we noticed a massive difference to our um, on our Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire mm -hmm. company when we. When we played around with the number of opt-ins that we had around the websites yeah. and on certain pages, and even how they how those buttons look, because yeah. it's the believe it or not the color of the button and the font that you use on that button to opt in can make a massive difference yeah. as to whether anybody clicks on it or not. And uh, was it Google that spent a ludicrous amount of money yeah. on identifying the correct blue yeah. for their button? Yeah, there is research out there that you can find on on what supposedly works yeah i mean it's a, it's a deep rabbit hole to go on to yeah. because you're 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 into what's called cro which is conversion rate optimization which is basically not wanting to bore anybody to death on this so i'm not <laughs> going to say very much on this at all but just to say that that's how your web pages convert the traffic they get into something whether yeah. that be a lead or a sale or whatever it is and um and that's where those colors and everything else the best thing to do, to be honest, if you're new to any of this or you have no appetite to go down that rabbit hole, is just look at websites that you really enjoy. Yeah. And and swipe and deploy. Yeah. How they their yeah, colours and you their... click on stuff is is mm. you know um is gonna work for other people because if especially if you're in the the same niche you know if you're interested in the same thing you do as it were then yeah. then people are also gonna be interested in that so um. Giving people a reason to put their email address in your opt-ins is, is a good <coughs> idea as well. So that can be 101 different things, and, and it's called different things as well, but the most common term is lead magnets. Mm. Um, so you're, you're giving people a reason to give you their email address because one of the reasons that opt-in rates, sorry, uh, open rates on email is quite high is because people are quite precious about their email. They will only give it to something that they're genuinely interested in. Um, so sometimes you do need to kind of entice that email from people a little bit by giving yeah. them an incentive. And people have got a lot better unsubscribing now as well. Yeah. So you can soon determine whether you're actually giving any value or not. Yeah, absolutely. But these um, things may include like a checklist, um, a, a video, like a mini video series, um, ebooks. Uh, just going through my list here, previous um, exclusive content. So if you've done a, if you do a lot of content, um, it may be that you've removed some content or previous course or something that you're now opening up just to your email subscribers. 
um, you could give a discount code um, or you know a voucher or something if you have a, a product-based business uh, audio downloads free templates um, useful tools is quite a common one as well or quite popular one things like I've seen presets for example so um, people that obviously like to, to post on Instagram and uh, want their pictures to look a certain way um, photographers or um, Instagram uh, sellers um, will, will often sell how they make their photos look a certain way so using presets so yeah you've got to I think it's important to be giving something as opposed to just asking can I have your email address yeah. because I want to send you some more information. It's like, it's people understand the value of their email yeah. and they and they understand that there is a, even if they don't like put a name to it or anything else, yeah. they understand that there's a transaction happening there. So when you're yeah. offering, you've got to be a little bit careful in terms of, you've got to be quite explicit as to why, why, why you want to give them something in exchange for their email. Yeah. You know, so... Because what otherwise what you'll find is the engagement after they've got that thing from yeah. you just drops off a cliff. Yeah. So yeah. Well it needs to be relevant. Your your content needs to be valuable from that point onwards. You can't yeah. just grab their email and, and not do anything in it. But then why would you? Because you're you're wanting to um, engage with them and get them as a loyal customer anyway. Yeah. But the other thing is if you're in the UK or Europe, um, or if you sell to those places, so they, our friends listening in the US, even if you um unless you've only got US customers and this applies to you as well is you have to do something called GDPR mm. um, and in the UK it's now UK GDPR because they've just left the EU um, and that it, it, there's lots of strict rules um, so that people are not being spammed basically is mm. what it comes down to so just having um, a line in your opt-in box that you know you will use their email address for other means in terms of other marketing means um, you will be sending them other emails rather than just the thing that they're downloading and they need to tick that to say yeah that's okay yeah and when you do email because again there's another rabbit hole gdpr can be a very deep rabbit hole yeah. um, but fundamentally the basics is you're, you're giving them you're emailing them about the thing that they've asked for yes like the thing that they're interested in so for example smiley booth photo booth hire if they've inquired and email and given us their email because they're interested in learning more or wanted to know more about smiley booth photo booth hire or photo booth hire yeah we can send them as much as we like about that until they tell us not to yeah um what we can't do is start trying to sell them lawnmowers <laughs> yeah. right it, because that's not that that's a breach of gdpr yeah. right um yeah there's three main things one that the content is relevant to what somebody signed up to two that you're keeping their email address secure um and that will happen automatically with most big email platforms because they have gdpr protocols built into their platform um and that you give people the opportunity to unsubscribe and if they unsubscribe you do not email them yeah so. Which, as we talked of in a previous episode, we saw other companies that yeah. were just kept resubscribing unsubscribes, yeah. which is really bad practice. Exactly. So don't get too bogged down with GDPR. I mean, if, if you, again, it's a rabbit hole. If you do go down it, it's like, it's a white paper like this thick, I think. <laughs> but yeah. you, but they're the basics of it. And you don't yeah. really need to worry about it too much as long as you're obeying the rules, really. Yeah. And you're, it, the whole principle is that you're, you have your, the best interests of the person that's either your customer or your potential customers, you have their, their best interests in mind, yeah. you know, and you're not just trying to like shove stuff down their throat and, yes. and, and make a nuisance of yourself. Yes. Oh, and that you're not sharing their email. Sorry, that's the other, yeah. other big no-no is that you're not 
obviously giving that information through a third party. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the kind of opt-in forms. Um, another a good way to do th- to do this is if you're wanting to be moving your uh, traffic off, so not off social, but bringing them into your newsletter, which um, we absolutely advocate doing because that's what you own. You don't own the traffic on social media, or even if you've got a group on that, that's not yours because it's not mm-hmm. your platform. Um, so using uh, lead ads, so um, all social media platforms, particularly Facebook and Instagram, have actually a category um, in their advertising section uh, when you create an ad, which is lead ads. Um, and the, the benefit of that is when people then land on your um, like landing page or squeeze page, which is where you put your offer to whatever it is that people are going to be downloading, it pre-fills a lot of the information because yeah. it pulls it through from Facebook. So that obviously speeds up the process for people and makes them more likely to just go, oh yeah, I want that. Yeah, there's the benefits of that is obviously really obvious. Say so this person's way more likely just to go, yeah, keep going. They yeah. don't have to type anything in yeah. to then get to the page. Um, the only downside to it, because we've tested lead ads on a few occasions before, is it did find open rates dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't as high as when someone typed it in. And the main reason oh, being, okay. um, it's, it was still a worthwhile exercise to do, but the main reason being is that the email address that someone created their Facebook page up as uh, isn't course. necessarily the email address that they're monitoring that all the they time. Watch the most, yeah. yeah, it might be some random personal one that they use. Like, because I have a personal one that, yeah. that if, I don't know, if we're, we're having to sign up for something and I'm like, I have no interest in reading any of your emails, yeah. but I have to give you an email address. Yeah. So I, I have that random old personal one that I yeah, have. Yeah, that's true. I do, actually. My, my Facebook email address is one that I never use because I didn't want... Back in the day when Facebook was uh, was new and you yeah. signed up, they used to notify you for every tiny little thing that used to happen. So exactly. I deliberately put in a, not a fake email address, but one I just don't use because exactly. I didn't want all these hundreds of notifications. Yeah, and that's not right. the same for everybody. No. So, because sometimes, in some cases, there will be people that will use the email that they're monitoring all yeah. the time. But yeah, that's that's what we saw. We saw when we tested the email yeah. stuff, we did see open rates drop. It wasn't a massive amount, but it you was could a get, You could get by that, though, couldn't you, by one of your very first emails being, you know, is this the email you, you prefer? Would you prefer to be used? Would you notice another one more or something along those lines? Yeah, well, the thing is... It's, or on the opt-in form itself as well. Yeah, I, I think the thing is, is, if anybody... This is a great example, by the way, uh, um, for anybody listening to watching this, where there's no surefire way. No. Right? So when we talk about strategies... They're strategies to test in your particular, your particular field, right? Yeah. Anybody in marketing um, that comes along and says, "I've got the surefire way. This, this, I've got this system or this process, yeah. and it works, and it will deliver you business," is talking nonsense. Yeah. Because everything works and everything doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And until you test it. Yeah. Right, and you have to test it because what I just said to Kate there about, oh yeah, well we saw open rates drop. Yeah, I might have seen open rates drop. We might have seen opt-ins increase. Yes. So the overall, so the number of what I mean by opt-ins, the number of people obviously that have yeah. said, yeah, okay, I'm prepared to look at that because they're not having to type in their email. Yeah. The only way I can really ascertain whether it was a worthwhile exercise or not, which clearly it was because we carried on using it, was by the end by looking yeah. at the numbers, testing it, and looking at what the end result yeah. was. So am I? That's what you have to be careful with because, again, um, on another podcast episode, I talked about a Pinterest course that I'd done mm-hmm. um, that had advertised how many um, 
uh, I, I can't remember what they call it on Pinterest now, but pin views or page views or something like that, um, that you can get in, in Pinterest um, and unique visitors and stuff like this. And the numbers were huge. And I got those huge numbers. Well, we did for Smiley Booth, right? Yeah, I can't remember what you got, but it was, it was in the hundreds of thousands, yeah, if not high. higher, wasn't it? Um, but it didn't make a jot of difference to our website traffic. No. Um, so even though the kind of the course did what it said on the tin, as it were, it made no difference to our actual, you know, pounds and pence coming in. Yeah. Um, our bottom line, as it were, because there was no kind of correlation between the two. So yeah. you do have to be careful and kind of see through marketing speak a lot of the time. With yeah, well, there's vanity, there's service. vanity metrics, yes. right? We so, should do a whole episode on that. Actually. Yeah. Um, I and I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of marketing experts and social media experts. Um, like all pseudo experts in a yeah. lot of cases, right? I think they they play on vanity metrics, and it's an easy get out. We've gone around a bit of a tangent, but it's an important point. It's an it's an easy thing to sucker punch you into. Yeah. It's like I can. It's like a, a really simple. Like Pinterest is a little bit more complicated to try and figure out. But a, a really good example of this is, oh, I can grow your Instagram following from. From your few hundred now up to like fifty thousand, and it'll cost you X amount per month to do that. And it's like, okay, right, and they'll do it. I've no doubt that they'll probably be able to do it. But what does it give you? Yeah. Like, have you just got fifty thousand followers of fake accounts, yeah. or a bunch of people that have zero interest in what you're what you're actually saying and doing? Is your engagement so pants? I mean, we had we had issues with. With my Instagram account, yeah. where one minute the engagement was really high and the followers were growing, and then it, and then all of a sudden it got flipped, mm. and um, and the engagement went through the floor, yeah. and and we couldn't figure out why. Instagram was a very strange platform. Yeah, it's but it's very easy. To, the place. Yeah, it's very easy to fall in love with a vanity. So what? Sorry, just to come back to the Instagram point for my just before I close that off, it's just to say that. That's why we do the work we do now to yeah. see, right, can we break that, get it back to the same yeah. engagements work. But the point is we're measuring that. And so measuring the right thing is really important when you're doing these marketing things and, and getting sucker punched by a certain marketer that says, oh, I can get these numbers for you. Or, yeah, you'll get loads more leads if I give you, um, if we do lead ads mm. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's like, okay, wow, I got... I did lead ads and versus my normal way, I did lead ads and I got 100 new leads, um, but the open rate's 5% yeah. of the emails I get, whereas if I do it the normal way without lead ads and my open rate's 25%, yeah. so well, at first you might think, well, that's way better, but if I only got 20 leads yeah. <laughs> on the other one, it's all... Yeah, you gotta, you've got to work through your metrics in detail. It can be very confusing. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It, it's difficult. And, you know, it might be that you need somebody to do that for you if that's not your forte. And, and that's no disrespect to anyone because it is not my forte. That's, that's very much your domain. It's yeah, you do. it's, you it's a bit... You analyse the numbers and stuff. Yeah, it's a bit that I really enjoy yeah. about, about marketing side. But you do need to... The best advice I can give you is... Um, what always before you do any strategy so when you're building an email list and you're implementing some of the things that Kate is going through right now just have a really clear idea of what the result is now in most businesses oh, I want to make more sales but okay roll it back just one before that and yeah. how do you make more sales well you need more people asking you for your business or at least interested in your business and that's where the list side comes in 
and the determination to the number of people that are interested in asking for your business to actually turn into a sale is determined by the quality of those people, yeah. like how relevant they are to your product or yeah. service, right? And that's why list building and how you accumulate your list through these strategies that Kate's going through is, is so critical. Yeah, 100%. Um, so oh, I've lost myself now. Where was that? Um, okay. Um, <laughs> so um, another uh, good one to put kind of on your website or in your social pages. And, and by the way, you don't, need, you don't need a website to necessarily build an email list. Obviously, it's, it's helpful. Yeah. Most people will have a website, but you can have standalone landing pages, which are kind of like mini websites where you can talk about the, the benefits of people jo joining your email list, or you can just have lead magnet or both or whatever it is. But it's just basically a one page website. Yeah. God, um, how many businesses have we seen lately that are literally a one page website that have the, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. look like a normal website and you, and they have all the kind of click things at the top what do they call it they're, well they're menu items but they're called anchors so it'll okay. drop you through into well that's what that's what i was going yeah. to yeah so you've got these menu items at the top of the website so it looks like a perfectly normal website but the moment you click on any one of those things instead of it opening a new page it just drops you further down the web page yeah, yeah and it's just a it's basically one big long form sales mm -hmm. page isn't it yeah yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, you don't need, and you, you can build those on on loads of different platforms. I mean, our our preferred one is lead pages, um, mm. that we like. Unbounce is also very good. We used Unbounce for a while. Yeah, just because their analytics tends to be pretty good. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, um, and I like the actual kind of builder. Yeah. Um, I don't like anything that's too code like and complicated. I like to be able to see what I'm building. Yeah, um, like Lego blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Really? <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? It's like, well, I like this color. I click it there. Thanks very much. That's all I do, is it? Please no, no, I, no. I, I wasn't trying to disrespect your web building stuff, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm teasing, don't worry. But where I was going with that <laughs> was <laughs> building a quiz into your um, marketing to get people onto your list is quite a nice way of doing things. And I did this quite successfully with um, a travel course that I was um, selling. Unfortunately, I, I stopped it quite quickly because it was just before the pandemic and everybody obviously stopped traveling. Um, but I just launched a, a course about how to travel full time with your family, which is what we did. Um, and uh, my kind of lead into that to get leads and to get people buying my course and on my newsletters was a, a quiz about what kind of traveler are you? Yeah. Um, and, and it's really nice. This is really interactive. People get to do the quiz um, and then right at the end, you, you don't send them the results unless they give you the, the email address. But this is a great example of why an email list and lists in general are really important because the reason why that was successful, and this goes back to our point at the beginning of this episode where this person just created a business at their backside and made <laughs> millions, right? It's Be careful, I want to get them on this show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do, actually. I, I really want to hear how they did it, definitely. But the, um, the point is... You'd cultivated an audience, yeah. a Facebook group, which yeah. is called Travel the World with, with Your Kids yeah. um, on Facebook. You can find it if you just search for groups, Travel the World with Your Kids. Um, and that's now got something like 14,000 people or whatever it is in that group. So there was, a, there was work being done in that group already yeah. at the, to grow it. Uh, with with no kind of okay buy anything or anything no. like that it was just for the sake of creating community and creating a list of like-minded people yeah. that were interested in travel yeah once that work had been done and then you ask the question yeah. you've got this ready-made audience yeah You're not then what? paying for shall i spend a hundred quid or a thousand pounds on some ads to people that might be interested in um in my quiz yeah 
You've already got an engaged audience. Well, it goes one step further, actually, because um, the reason I created the course was because in that group, people kept asking the same question. Yeah. It kept coming up. How do you afford to travel for full time? How do you juggle your kids full time when you're traveling? You know, um, it, it, how how do kids cope with full time travel? The, yeah. Similar questions kept coming up. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's why I wanted to create a, a course on it, because obviously there was a need for that information. Yeah. And, so. and that's... That's the power of lists. Yeah. Because that ran, the moment you dropped it, you were like, oh, everyone's yeah. running at it. And and it was a it was an it was a really easy sale process yeah. because you'd already cultivated the audience and also raised your profile in that audience so yeah. people knew who you were. They yeah. knew they could trust you mm-hmm. and that you weren't just gonna give them some nonsense. Mm-hmm. And and that's the power of list. It allows you to pivot or to just drop a product in. Well, I and I also intend to fully return to it. As soon yeah. as the world's kind of travelling again, mm-hmm. um, I will pick that back up and start marketing that again. It's only yeah. on pause because obviously the, the world doesn't really want that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, well, they want it, but they can't have it because yeah. <laughs> none of us can really travel. So, um, yeah, and nobody, and people, you know, that's not going to stop. People are always going to want to travel once we can again. So yeah, agreed. It's... it's uh, it's kind of a, a human nature thing, um, so yeah, using um, using quizzes is a is a great great way to engage people, and it's interesting what, what um, I, I was saying about the they wanted that product, and um, that's actually um, something called the information gap, which was um, in, uh, investigated by a, by a guy called George. I'm going to say his name wrong, Lowestein, Lowestein. Lower Stein, probably. Um, okay, that wasn't half as bad as I was. Gonna say. <laughs> it could be Stein though. It could be Steen. Lowestein or Lowestein. Sorry, George. <laughs> but he did... Um... His name's actually Jorge. <laughs> it's not George. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, and um, he did this research, uh, and it's basically about creating suspense, right. but he did this research between like um, something that we start to know and you know, you, you, your interest um, is... is you know, ignited, you, you get this kind of, oh, I'm, I'm interested in that, start to go down this road, and then you can't get the information that you want. Right. It makes you really, really want that information. Yeah. And, it, and it's the same principle with, you know, series with suspense endings and that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and he did this, there was this study done where um, if, like, adults were in a, a some kind of brain puzzle, you know, like building some kind of wooden puzzle, or, you know, these kind of brain yeah, teasers yeah, yeah, yeah. that you get... If you're like halfway through that, and then somebody tries to interrupt you, or they want to take it away, you're like there's so like eighty percent of them, I think, or something. They just kept going. They just ignored whatever was happening because you're really in it. Right. So if you can give people that um, taste of information that you've got the key to, um, so we should stop the episode now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then that. Da- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, what? What? The stopped. Then um, yeah, and then you can put your email address in to get the rest. That's really powerful. Right, I see. You are um, you see that with some of the um, main newspapers that have switched being more online. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll have their their kind of lead bait headline. Yeah. Um, you can read like, the, the first current, paragraph. And yeah, then, yeah, and then it, and it won't let you see anything. And it says, look, we created this content. Yes. If you want to see more. You can either subscribe or you can trial for free. Yes. You have to give your email to be able to read the rest of the article. Yeah. And normally, it's a really, it's a piece of information you really want to hear. It's like something's happened on the news, yeah. and they've got this piece of information. You're like, really, and to you, it takes a second just to put your details in. It's yeah. quite compelling, isn't it? Absolutely, that's a really good way of doing things. And you can also do it the other way around. Like once you've got people on your email address, uh, on your email list, um, is. 
uh, use your blog articles and just put the first bit of your blog and then yeah. say read more and it shoves them to the website. back to the website. Uh, so yeah. that's a, another good way of kind of doing it the other way around. Yeah, it's really so. important. It's, it's really important to get them, get them moving around your... Um, what do they call it? It's not ecosystem. Is it ecosystem? I guess. I when they talk about that. Apple and yeah. all the stuff that Apple does, you're yeah. in their ecosystem. Yeah. It's like keeping them in your ecosystem and seeing yeah. your content. The more content they consume, the more they see of you, the more they'll want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Because yes, email's brilliant, but you've only got that space. Whereas if you shove them back to your website, yeah. then you've got other things that you could be selling or other articles and they could stay longer on there and that, yeah. that improves your SEO and all sorts of things. So yeah, yeah it's it's a great way of, of doing the two. Do you talk about, sorry, just to say, do you mention about how you, the audience can create the product? In what way? In this? No, no, yeah, no in what way? So one of the other aspects of having an engaged list and so on is, especially if you're a course creator, um, I mean, we went down the rabbit hole looking at different types of, when you were looking at your travel course, of course, we did a load of research and, well, how do you put these courses together? What's mm. the most effective way? And what's the, most, uh, the best way to get it out there to people? And one of the ways, uh, one of the strategies was that um, you ask them, your audience, what, yeah. the, what questions they want. I mean, luckily you had that within the travel group already yeah. and you were just basically answering their questions and walking them through the process. But if you're not entirely sure what your customer needs, ask them. Yeah. They'll build your product or service for you. Yeah. And then you effectively you've already created the demand mm. um so that you build the service or product and then give it to yeah. them. And that's the other beauty of things like emails. If you do it in an engaging way as well, instead of, Oh, I've got this survey, oh god, yeah. the amount of times you get an email and it's like complete our survey survey and we give you a price. I don't care if they're giving a Porsche, like if they're putting you in a prize draw for a Porsche. I'm like, no, I don't, I hate surveys. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you can be more imaginative than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I wanted to build the Smiling Entrepreneurs Facebook group was because I want to know that the podcasts that we're delivering are um, of value to people. So, yeah. you know, what topics do you want covered? What do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? Yeah. What crunch points can we help people yeah, with? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, oh, by the way, uh, look at our Smiley entre- smiling. smiling entrepreneurs <laughs> Facebook page and in the Facebook page there's a Facebook group um, go ahead join it and um, we're just starting to promote that now yeah. we want to invite uh, a lot of people into that that are like-minded who are either starting out in business existing in business or just thinking about one day getting into business yeah and um, yeah there's resources free resources and stuff in there as we're well we're sticking in yeah, yeah. a lot so um, a bad thing that you can do on your website or Facebook or whatever is to give people too much choice. So you don't want, you know, a blog article or, or within your Facebook group or whatever it is, with loads of different things popping up for people. Right. Um, because it's actually a, a really bad thing. People confuse customer never buys. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's actually a study done on this that um, I mentioned uh, in one of the podcast episodes, but I got her name this time. I couldn't remember it last time. Um, her name is Sheena. Oh, I'm not going to be able to say this <laughs> one. <laughs> Lyenga. L-Y-E-N-G-A-R. Lyenga. <laughs> Linga? 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 She's going to be Linga. so insulted by us two right now if she ever hears the anyway, podcast. She did a, um, a study where she had a, 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 a stall set up with uh, six flavours of jam. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And 24 flavours of jam. 
and people could taste them and stuff um, and, and try them out. And when she had the 24 flavors, people were engaging with her stand. They were there trying the different flavors. But when she only had the six flavors, 30% more people bought. Yeah. Um, because they just were overwhelmed by the 24, too much choice. Couldn't yeah. make that choice, so they just walked away. Um, and that's what happens on your website. You know, you, you get all these pop-ups flying up. Or, or you know, if, if we put the show notes of a podcast, we, we put a couple of resources at the bottom that might be useful for you. But if I did that for like, oh, try this episode. and Oh, and actually we mentioned it in this episode. Oh, yeah, and if you want to go here, nobody would do anything. Um, so just just a couple of relevant things to wherever people are on your site. And very kind of clear navigation um, will really help you getting people onto your Yeah, well, people list. are just too busy. Yeah, It's, it's like we've said in, in previous episodes about as a business owner or content creator or, or whatever you're doing, it's just to get somebody's attention in today's world is is bloody awesome yeah. because you're, we've, we've said this stat a couple of times, but marketing messages people receive in a given day is somewhere in the region of up to 11,000 marketing messages people receive in any given day. So the fact that you have popped up on their radar and then they've engaged with you, in, in, whether it be on your Instagram, your Facebook, or your email, or your website, whatever it is. The fact that you've, able, you've been able to stand amongst that noise is wonderful. What you don't then want to be is in a situation where they get to you, and then they go, oh, this all looks really wonderful, yeah, but I haven't got the time yeah. to try and sift out what's important, what's not important to me at the moment, so I'll come back to you later. And then they bounce out. They yeah. bounce off your website or they don't or they don't read your blog or they don't read your email or whatever it is. Because then they've just gone back into the slipstream yeah, yeah, of yeah. noise and information. And the chances of ever getting unless you've got some really sophisticated marketing going on with retargeting, remarketing, whatever, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, the chances of them coming back out of that slipstream and coming back to you again is really slim, if not yeah. not at all. Or they go into a, a kind of dead end, you know, they if you've got too many so I've seen this with a few, there's there's a couple of people that do do it really well, uh, although I'm still a little bit thinking that they've got too much going on. I, I just go to their stuff because I do genuinely like them and, and what they do. Um, but when you see people that offer, I don't know, spiritualism and then, um, I don't know, a, a, a range of like uh, fitness clothes and then... Um, family tips and right. then and then I don't know makeup line and all, all stuff that's quite not really relevant to each other yeah and you land on their website because you're interested in spiritual stuff yeah and and you see something that vaguely takes your interest like with makeup or whatever but then you end up in this swamp of makeup stuff yeah. and you're like hang on this isn't why I was here so you leave yeah yeah you don't go back and go oh, i was here for the spiritual because that's not how our brains work we're, yeah. we're on to the next thing all the time yeah you have so. to be you have to have a uh, um there's loads of fluffy ways to talk about like fluffy marketing ways to talk about like yeah. your core agenda yeah for why you're doing something and your core identity for why yeah. you're doing i mean we we named smiling entrepreneurs smiling entrepreneurs because it constantly reminds us what the hell Yes. That, that's the channel. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get to talk about our own lives and our experiences yeah. as entrepreneurs and as family yeah. people. But the, the core that runs through is running a business and, and our experiences and what we test out in business yeah. to see if it works, if it doesn't work. And, and in a happy way, staying sane and smiling. Yeah, <laughs> which we, we generally tend to be. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, and and you have to have like we see it with uh, some of the uh, podcasting yeah. stuff that we're doing research on at the moment, and you, people have like this identity crisis with their yes. podcast because yeah. they're they're running out of content ideas or they're running yeah. out of this, so they want to do this thing over here now. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, you can't lift that list, that audience, and just dump it over here because no. they're because they come to you for this, yeah. and and that's the same with your product or service. And Everything I think has one, to be related. Relevant. Yeah, I think the ones come to think of it, the, there's a like there's a couple of women that I think do do it well that I follow, which is Rachel Hollis and Jenna Kutcher, but where they do have like style stuff and makeup stuff as well as business stuff, which I would never put together. But I, I come to think of it, I think they've built their audience first, yeah, and then they've been able to expand into those. Like, oh, my audience is generally female entrepreneurs, so they might like my makeup tips if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think I think that's. I think that's probably how they did it, but they were much more specialised to start with, which is what you have to be. Yeah, and if you're listening or watching to this and thinking, yeah, I don't need to build an audience, it's like, this all sounds very nice, building lists and everything else, I don't need an audience, don't need that, then I really hope you're sat in a big chunk of cash, (laughs) right? Because they're your only two options, right? You either have a shed tonne of cash that you can just splurge over like yeah. paid advertising yeah. and and consultants and everything else to do all of that uh, to to work out exactly like your cost per click your cost per lead and all this kind of stuff and work yeah. out your sales funnel you either have that or you build an audience you build mm-hmm. a fan base there's nothing in between the two things mm-hmm. they don't exist right it, well and, in all honesty the two work best together anyway yeah so, ultimately yeah. definitely but the the point is, mediocrity or or staying really small is a direct result of how many people know what you're yeah. about, and and you can only influence that through time or money yeah. or both. Yeah. And and there's no there's just you're kidding yourself if you think you can do it any other way. If you want, oh God, we've really noticed that with say it like say yeah. it is a to us obviously because we created it a, a really good idea we we well, we, we love it and people love it yeah people well using when it. we had the idea we were like you know we're really onto something now this is yeah. a big one um and um for those of you that this is brand new to say it is um a video uh, platform where you can create videos as gifts for people yeah um, they get to, and buy gifts it's not just digital but they also get placed on video cards yeah. and yeah it's awesome and businesses can use it for like user generated content and testimonial collections so it's a really easy way because it's just a link for people to use video and it all converts into the, like the same formats etc um so we we thought obviously we were what well, we do think we're on it not thought not past tense but um and anyone we speak to about it and people that use it love it um yeah. you know we've we've not had any kind of negative responses at all i think the but, feedback we've had um from that service from the customers that use it yeah has been some of the most emotionally strong yeah. and positive feedback we've yeah. had in in anything we've ever de- been dealing with in the yeah. past but we're three months in um yeah. and literally every customer that we've had i can trace back to either someone we know or we know of knows us or you know that somebody else has used it and has recommended yeah, it. Yeah, they're not someone that's out. They're the not blue just yet. finding it. No, no, because it's so hard to create an audience when you're when you're new to to get out. Because we don't have tons of cash to, as you said, to throw into paid ads and things like yeah. that. Especially at the moment in beginning of twenty twenty one with our other business on pause. So we've been going the audience route, and it it it's hard. You know, you yeah. have to build that 
that audience because people won't just find you. No. It's, it, the, it, the, the internet is too noisy. It's, it's a brilliant level playing field that you can put your content up there with the likes of Coca-Cola and Amazon and big brands, Nike and whatever, but you have to keep shouting. Uh, all the time. Yeah. It's like there's a reason why you see people go go from nothing and they create what whatever success they get they get and you think, Wow, look at that, they've got to this these lofty roots and then they make some really crap decisions. <laughs> yeah, whether it's whether they like just because of whether they didn't have the expertise in place, the team in place or whatever it is, then they lose everything. Mm. And and then they come out the other side, and they and then they soar again. Yeah. And that's not because oh wow look at that. And they'll. Don't get me wrong. There is an there's absolutely an element of tenacity, strength of character, and perseverance. Right. When you've lost everything, and then you've got to come out the side and rebuild. But it's no coincidence that nearly every great story you've ever heard of someone who's got to lofty heights that loses everything, then ends up on lofty heights again. They don't do that because. Um, they're just this special person that they'd have you believe when you read their autobiography. <laughs> they did it because they created such a name for themselves and an audience for themselves uh, and a fan base by doing what they did first time round. That yeah. when they then relaunch again second time round, they've got this ready-made network. Yeah. That they can go right. Okay. Yeah, that was pants. Yeah, and but now look at this. What I'm doing. And, might be a thousand yeah. people, it might be a hundred thousand people, but they're engaged. Well, and they've got all the things that we've talked about on previous episodes. They've got the credibility and the trust and everything yeah. else. They've demonstrated they can do it. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, and it's so all of us paupers that started uh, from like, but most of us that start working class families yeah. and all this kind of stuff, we don't have the luxury of having um, like rich parents, perhaps, or yeah. famous parents and all this kind of stuff then you you have two massive disadvantages, right? You don't have necessarily a lot of cash to build an audience and you don't have a name yeah. or, or somebody who has a name that can just say, okay, yeah, go for it. It's one of the reasons why you see YouTubers come out of the blue or business owners at 18 that are suddenly multimillionaires and all this kind of stuff. It's because they're piggybacking off the back of somebody else's great audience. Yeah. So I, I'm... Or because they've... No, it's, it's, so the other thing is... Um... Uh, and it's a, a term that I really like, which is what uh, Russell Brunson says, digging the well. Yeah. So you, you say you kind of have this this uplift, but it's it's very much kind of like this, and then we'll suddenly go. Yeah. And that's because you've been digging that well, digging that well, reaching out to people, creating an audience, building your mailing list. Yeah. And these things take time. Um, and if, if you've, you know, short on cash, uh, especially because of current times, have a job alongside what you do or yeah. have other means of income and just keep digging that well because it will eventually go. I heard, I told you this this morning, didn't I? I heard, a, or yesterday, that I heard a stat just the other day that most podcasters give up in the first three months. Yeah, which is nuts. Yeah, and if you just hold on for three months, your audience will start to grow. Yeah. Um, and I think YouTube's probably the same. Yeah, well, absolutely. Because or similar. It, yeah, it's, it's uh, shouting into an empty room for a long period of time, but you're... You definitely need to be, um, you need to give, you, you can't start any of these things. Um, doesn't Einstein say something like the, the problem can't be solved with the same tools that we start, oh, I can't remember what it Not is. sure where you're going. Way more sophisticated than I can actually <laughs> say right now. But the point is, you don't know everything when you start a project, no. right? So the amount of knowledge and experience and opportunities and ideas that you have 
three, four, five, six months in versus what you started with is completely different, yeah, right? Course, yeah. So your opportunity to build an audience and scale is completely different. Yeah. The fact that we have the website in place now, the fact that we have all these things yeah. and smiling entrepreneurs is starting to grow yeah. slowly, but it's only starting to grow because all of these things are coming into place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another phrase that I like is uh, uh, Sarah Blakely who says something like, start small, dream big. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you can build these things over the time, but, yeah. but just keep the, the kind of... Um, you know, the, the total vision of where you want to be front and centre all yeah. the time. And we've spoken a few times in the past about the fact that you have to think of yourself as a publisher for your business, like your own PR. It's one of the things we we're going to talk about today with our guests, yeah. which we'll be talking about in the future, about being your own PR person, yeah, basically. Promoting yeah, promoting yourself. Yeah, and that's where email list has to be part of that strategy, building yeah. an email list. So... Yeah, we just went on a really deep tangent of me saying, if you don't, you don't need to build a list, rah, rah, rah. But it's really important. Which I think you did on the previous one as well. <laughs> yeah, I like to get on my soapbox. Yeah. But it's it's an important message because I think it's... Because I remember feeling a bit like that myself in the yeah. early days of business. Well, like I still we're... do with some of the things that we're doing now. It does get tiring when you're not necessarily getting the... the come and come back that you want yeah but it, but i remember being dismissive about email lists oh i see yeah is what was my point i remember in our early days of business thinking yeah well it just sounds all a bit like marketing speak and yeah, it's, for, yeah. it's for somebody else to worry about i've got i've got my widget that i've got to sell yeah, why yeah, don't, yeah. I don't need email lists don't yeah, need yeah, that yeah. you do yeah very so. much so a great way of uh Building your list is to also capitalise on other people's audiences, mm. um, which again, if you're you're new, can be something that you can work with other kind of entrepreneurs or small businesses in your area or in your niche, um, where you're not you're never kind of passing email addresses on. That's not what I mean, because as we said earlier with GDPR, you can't sell your list or give your list to other people, but just doing a, a kind of swap so you're in front of their audience. Yeah. So you've seen it on, you may have seen it on uh, Instagram where it's common to take over someone's page. Right. So some they people, still do that? Yeah, well, yeah oh, very right. much so, Instagram takeovers. So it's a similar thing. So somebody, um, if you build a partnership with someone, um, they will mention you to their audience and you would mention them to your audience. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, that's a great way that you can kind of build something together or it might be that you um, come together on a joint product or service and again, you're obviously getting in front of both audiences. Mm -hmm. And that's that's quite commonplace. Even with some really big names, they often work together. Um, or almost, or you can obviously do it as an um, affiliate-based model as well. Um, Marie, uh, Marie Folio does that very well with uh, B-School. Right. You'll often see um, quite high-profile uh, marketers promoting B-School. Right. Um, okay. And I think normally it's because they've done B school back in the day themselves, and and then they they promote it. So yeah, it's a really good way of um of of pushing your, uh, or getting email signups through other people and yeah, relationships. And, and you can time. do that on a really local level. It doesn't oh, yeah, need yeah. to be on this kind of high fluting level. So for example, the easy example for me to use would be with Smiley Booth, Photo Booth Hire again. It's a that we have franchisees around the UK and across Europe, and um. On a local level, they could reach out to other suppliers yeah. that are in the events industry and say, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm happy to promote you to my guys and just say, look, if you're looking for an X like DJ or whatever it is, yeah. why don't you? They've got some really good information. It might be that you can have a chat. Say if it's a DJ, just for example, you could pick the DJ that you really want to work with and just say to the DJ, look, okay, I'm, I want you to promote us and I'm gonna promote you." But I need you to give me something that is going to be that's going to make 
my audience think that they're going to want to listen to you. So yeah. it might be, let's create a guide, how to choose the perfect yeah. DJ, right? And then you can then send it out to your audience yeah. and they then opt in, download the guide, and then he gets their email yeah. and, or she, whoever the DJ is. And that's, uh, so there's, you can do things on a very local level, but basically you're getting the benefit of all his audience because you can do the same for them. Yeah. As, as, yeah, it's really powerful. It's a great way you can rapidly increase yeah. your email list. Well, and discounts and things as well. Because again, in that example, it might be like sign up for hourly e- uh, email list. Yeah. Um, and get you know however much percent off um this DJ, this dance floor for this entertainment package yeah. or something like that. So yeah. It's... But be clear as to what you're giving them when they sign up to the list. Yeah. Because you want them opening the next email and the next email and the next email. So it's like, what you don't want is a bunch of people just saying, yeah, I'll have that offer. Yeah. And then never engaging with you again. And when they don't get the offer, they're like, oh, I wouldn't use you anyway because I wanted the offer. You want them <laughs> yeah. You want them constantly being fed information about the service or product that you want to deliver to them and getting more and more interested and curious yeah. about it. So when they're, when they're, in, when they're ready to buy... You're the one they think of. Yeah, well, and series-based emails work really well as well. Yeah. Um, again, that's something Russell Brunson does, where you've kind of got each email with a cliffhanger and mm. say, "Oh, well, I'll be sending you this tomorrow." Yeah. Um, and then that obviously gets them looking out for your email the following day. Yeah. So that keeps them engaged. Um, the other thing is to split test everything. Mm-hmm. So once you've got a list and you're emailing out to people, split test your emails. Split test your landing pages, split test your lead magnets, absolutely everything. And so what do I mean by split test? I mean um, creating separate ones of the separate um, setups, as it were, of the same thing. So two identical lead pages, but you might have changed the button colour like you mentioned earlier. Or two um, sets of adverts to your email list, but the pictures are different in each advert. Uh, so try and keep most elements the same and then just change one thing. Oh, yeah. Don't change too many things no. in one go because you won't know which thing has completely worked. Completely kills the point of the split test. Exactly. Yeah. There yeah, should only be one or two things that you change. Exactly. And then take that winning one and split test it again and change something else until you get the absolute optimum um, uh, open rate if you're looking mm-hmm. for that or conversion rate, whatever it is that you're, you're trying to increase. Um, we used to do this with... Um, uh, smiley booth uh, landing page well, I say we still do we haven't for a while because it was working so well for us yeah, we didn't dare right. touch it anymore but that yeah. was after a lot of split testing it was years of split testing yeah I think. exactly so we got the smiley booth um, web pages up from so the average opt-in rate so traffic turning into a lead so order traffic going to your website then giving you their information I think for most websites across industries is something like 2% and we managed to get our opt-in rates on the Smiley Booth website up to anywhere from 15 to 18%. It was huge. But that took years and years and years of yeah. split testing to get it to that point. But the numbers are so powerful because we used to get franchisees say, oh, I don't really like this, the way this looks. And to be honest, I agreed with them. I wasn't that fond of the way our landing page I, What did I looked. say though? I'd be, like, I'd be like, I don't care. Exactly, <laughs> because the numbers worked and we can show you the numbers. And, and, and that's what's so powerful about it because it takes away that emotional thought of, of what you personally like yeah. over what works. And yeah. you and you have to do that. And again, the same with your emails. You know, um, changing the the fonts in within your email, changing the way it looks, changing how you put your signature, you know, the subject lines. 
do what works, not necessarily yeah. what you would prefer. Oh, how many times do we, yeah, because we've had those conversations with um, oh, all sorts of people in the past where they're so hung up on design. Yeah. And uh, and they believe that they they believe that design is the is without any testing, is their idea of what looks nice is enough for them to get the business they need. Yeah. And you and that's to me that's all ego. Yeah. Because it's not for you to know what somebody else likes. It's so subjective. Exactly, and it's the height of arrogance yeah. to my mind. You should be entirely detached from your design. It should be, you should, you should look at something and be proud of it or think, right, okay, that looks good. It's that saying of good is good enough, yeah. right? It's like, right, great, you've got good. Now split test it, yeah. like you said. And things like lead pages that we've mentioned a couple of times on this episode, um, you can just find by searching online. We're not, we don't get any money from them yeah. or anything like that, but um, we've used them a few times and they seem really good. Um, they have split test functionality in it. So you can literally take a, Build a little web page, put it, design it exactly how you want to look at, make it look, and then you can press copy, and it will copy it, and it says, "Do you want to make this a split test?" And you're like, "Yep, yeah. happy days," and and then you can just adjust a picture or some yeah. wording, yeah. and then just drive your ad to that, and it will it will say, "Right, okay, one lead came here, one lead came there," yeah. and it just keeps split testing it. Yeah. Across everything, it's really important. Um, and what is a good idea with email is to take your, um, just for easy numbers, um, if you've got 100 people on yours, take your 100 people, uh, split it in half, split it in half again, so you've got quarters, uh, send one quarter, one email, send another quarter, another email, and the winner of those two, send the other 50%, the other yeah. two quarters, um, and, um, and then do it again, and do it again, and do it again, until... Um, <coughs> until you're really happy with your open rates and then although we've left ours partly of that is to do with obviously the pandemic at the moment but yes, really um, everything's to do with pandemic, yeah, yeah but you shouldn't always leave <coughs> it even though you've got a really good rate because things will start to drop because things change um, oh so, yeah that's yeah. the weird thing about marketing you can have the most perfect landing page the most perfect email and all of a sudden and the most perfect ads yeah and all of a sudden they won't work anymore <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense does it <laughs> It's like it, they can be consistently working month in, month out for a long time. And you'd be like, oh, I've got this now. I can just leave that now and concentrate on this other aspect of the yeah. business. And all of a sudden, your conversion rates have dropped through the floor. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, does no. it? But yeah, you have to constantly be monitoring it. Yeah. Or at least have the right feedback loops in place to tell you when they're not working as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that's everything on... Um, email list building for the moment mm. any questions or comments please do let us know in the uh, comments on the podcast or youtube or as lee said earlier join our facebook group and ask away in there uh, the show notes will be on the website smilingentrepreneurs.com um, and yeah i hope that's been useful yeah great <laughs> episode 62 <laughs> have a good day see you tomorrow bye